Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about malicious compliance. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the channel. Just got back from hopefully what's my last round of testing, x-rays, whatever. Got to drink several different types of barium contrast material uh, for this x-ray. So so hopefully they'll figure out what's going on down here. And uh, yeah, other than that, feeling pretty decent today. And uh, let's read some malicious compliance. HR discovers that subjective rules can be applied subjectively, much to their annoyance. Here's a story from a while ago with malicious compliance on the part of my manager. It was just after 2000, and as I was working in IT, there had been a busy, busy year leading up to the millennium. Now everyone was looking to get back to normal. The company had other plans for us and decided to make a third of the IT staff redundant. In my team of 12, this meant four of us. This wasn't really a problem, as even though I had just moved into IT a few years earlier, the job market was booming, and getting a new job would be easy. This HR move was a bit of a surprise, as we were very busy. Lots of the routine projects had been put on hold, so lots of catching up. But whatever. They knew best. Redundancy with this company offered a month's salary per year of service, way over the legal minimum. They were offering for me a year's salary, tax-free, mostly, to find a better-paying job elsewhere. An offer that would be hard to say no to. Unfortunately, they were not going to ask. The way redundancy works for this company, in the UK, is that all the occupants of the role are ranked by very carefully selected criteria, and the lowest ranked are goners. The way the criteria are selected are to make them very subjective and capable of withstanding any legal challenge that might lead to an industrial tribunal. If there was one thing HR hated above all, it was legal hassles. Criteria would be things like expected to be able to contribute well in other divisions of the company and other such evidence-free bollocks. Why this weird approach from HR? It isn't as daft as it may appear. When trying to reduce headcount, the options in the UK are natural wastage, offering early retirement, offering voluntary redundancy, or having compulsory redundancies. In a team role in IT at this time, what tends to happen is that nobody's old enough to retire, and offering early retirement was actually expensive as it was based on a generous company policy. Offering voluntary redundancy means the deadwood stays. Forcing a selection process stops the good people leaving. No redundancy money. And allows getting rid of the poor performers. Or at least that was the plan. Anyway, my manager had been told he was being made redundant, which was a bit of a tactical error. He wasn't really adhering to the company line as strictly as he might have been had the circumstances been different. He gathered us together and asked who wanted to go. Four of us, me included, volunteered. So all was good and everyone in the team was happy. My manager, maliciously complying with the ranking exercise, duly ranked us by the contrived criteria but interpreted to our ends, and not the company's. These rankings were passed to HR. Processes were run. Rune scryed, screed, whatever, 
oracles consulted, and ultimately decisions made. Lo and behold, the gang of four came bottom of the pack. Because of the extremely subjective nature of the criteria, nobody could prove the rankings were wrong. My manager then let the team know who was staying and who was going, as was right and proper. And we each got, bye bye loser, or you're still on board, letters from HR. That wasn't the end of it though. HR somehow twigged that they were being stitched up by my manager. Comparing people leaving with the people with the highest annual appraisal scores was an exact fit. HR went into recovery mode and tried briefly to revoke the redundancies. This would have been totally legal except for one thing. It had been announced that we were bottom of the selection criteria. Continued employment would have been unthinkable as we were declared least competent to do the job, and they still wanted rid of one-third. If they had insisted, this would have been potentially constructive dismissal, either for the gang of four, in a weird backwards way. This is when the employer makes life untenable for the employee, such as saying you're rubbish at your job and they want rid of you. Or, if another four were selected, then obviously the process was flawed and they claim unfair dismissal, company not complying with its own processes. Considering the entire rigmarole, particularly the selection criteria ruse, was designed to avoid legal hassles, they were painted into a corner and had to let the four of us go. So thanks Dave for playing the system so well to get the outcome the employees and not what HR wanted. Epilogue. It was, as expected, easy to get a new job in those halcyon days. I had decided to take three months off, but a really attractive role came up. I started five weeks later and have been there ever since. Epilogue 2. Eventually, talking to my friends who stayed this round of redundancies was, as I sort of suspected, the precursor to eventual outsourcing. This was very much in vogue back then. About two to three years later, the overly slimmed down organization was transferred, called TOOP in the UK, T-U-P-E, all caps. Oh, transfer of undertaking protection of employment to an outsourcer. A bullet dodge there. Toot means you transfer on your current pay and conditions, and you will rot with that salary, etc., until it is worse than your new employer's standard TNCs. No pay raises, bonuses, increased holiday entitlement, nothing. This obviously also ends in another the Deadwood stays situation, as anyone who can get another job will as soon as the market moves past them. Yeah, it sounds like your manager's pretty quick on his feet. That was good for you. And it sounded like everybody who stayed wanted to stay, so, eh, I don't see the harm. Yeah, I've worked for a few companies in the past who thought they were so slick and had all their bases covered, and just to find out that, you know, there's always a way to work that system so that you get the outcome you want. There was a company I worked for about, I don't know, 22, 23 years ago. Nationwide company. It was getting ready to fold up. I had the opportunity to take severance, a really pretty healthy severance package. But, you know, I, I thought the company was going to be able to hang in there. Eh, I was young and dumb. What do you want? Anyway, so I hung on thinking, you know, keep the job, save the office, blah, blah, blah. Thought I was doing a good thing and uh, got screwed in the process. What are you going to do? Leave management. Have I mentioned how much I hate shore postings? For those that haven't seen my previous malicious compliance, I will create a brief background. During my time in the Navy, I was posted to a shore-based workshop with more people than it needed. Micromanagement ensues. So on this given day in the workshop at our morning muster, the chief announces, anyone with more than 30 days annual leave needs to start taking leave to get their leave balanced down. Me, with 75 days at this time, uh, why? Chief. It's a directive from Chief of the Navy. So, me being me, I go look up the books, specifically the Pay and Conditions Manual, Pac-Man. 
Fast forward three days, I get called into the chief's office. Chief, why haven't you put leave in? Me, I don't want to. Chief, didn't you hear me say it was a directive from the chief of Navy? Me, yes, but that directive isn't lawful. Chief, his blood pressure visibly rising. What the F do you mean? Me, in accordance with Pac-Man, I quoted the specific reference. I cannot be compelled to take annual leave. Chief, get out. To be honest, by this stage, I was just seeing how many buttons I could push. In that workshop, we had to make our own entertainment. Two hours later, I was called up to my divisional officer, D.O. The conversation was more or less a carbon copy of the conversation I had with my chief. Perhaps a bit less four-letter Anglo-Saxon verbiage. For the next week, I don't hear a peep. I know this isn't over. I have planned the next few things I can and will do depending on how my chain of command proceeds. The next week, one of my petty officers, being from New Zealand originally, we naturally called him Kiwi, came back from leave. We had worked together a few times and had a good rapport as a result. So of course my chief sent him to try and thwart my evil plans. P.O. Phil agrees, Daddy. We need to chat. Me. Hey, Kiwi. They sending in the big guns to beat me down now, huh? P.O. So you know what this is about? Me. Yup. P.O. You do realize they're talking about charging you. Me. What's the charge? P.O. Failure to comply with a lawful general order. Me. The order isn't lawful. The charge wouldn't stick. Even if it did, what would the punishment be? Stoppage of leave? <laughs> P.O. You're just doing this to cause problems, aren't you? Me. No, I genuinely don't want to take any leave. I can't really afford to go anywhere, so I'd just be spending a week sitting on my arse bored to shit. I can do that here and not lose any of my accrued leave. P.O. Okay, you don't have to take all your leave at once. Just start taking some. It'll take the heat off the entire chain of command and those above might be less inclined to launch you into space without the benefit of a spacesuit. Me. Okay, Kiwi, I'll think about it. I had actually thought about it. When posted ashore, we accrue approximately 0.8 days of annual leave per fortnight, which works out to be a bit over 1.6 days a month. So a few days later, I put in the leave request through the online system for the first Monday of the next month. My leave dates were the Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So A, it looks like I'm taking three days, but I'm only taking one. And B, so I couldn't get rostered for duty on that weekend. Leave approved. I enjoy my three-day weekend. The next month, same thing. The sharper ones in the crowd see what's happening. My leave balance is still going up, not down, just slower than it was before. After about three months, I get asked why I'm not putting anything in the reason for leave section of the online form. I point to the line in the form that says quite clearly that reasons don't need to be provided for annual leave requests. Please just put something in that space. So the next month, reason for leave, mental health day. Two months of that, then please don't put that in. <laughs> so the next month, reason for leave. They're making me do this. I don't want to. <laughs> that made them angry. The ear blistering I got for that one is definitely not PG, but the point was made on both sides. From then on, my one day off a month was leave management. They were so happy when I got a C posting later that year. I still wonder if they ever realized that I wasn't actually getting my leave balance down. What did I do with my Mondays off work? Day drinking. I actually found a venue near the biggest markets in the state that has lingerie waitresses from 9 a.m. to noon on Mondays, plus a few other places that had similar service over lunch and the early afternoon. Good times. Middle management in the Navy isn't really any different than middle management in any other corporation in the world. Every boss has a boss over them who's beating on them to get numbers down or numbers up. There's always some reason, you know, that the books look like crap or whatever, and they need you guys to take up for it. And, uh, 
they think they can do whatever they want to get you to comply, but hey, every entity, including every entity, including the Navy, has its rules. So as long as you know those rules and play inside the ropes, no problem. Croatian bureaucracy birth certificate. I was born in Croatia and moved to the U.S. like 35 years ago. I needed my birth certificate for some real estate transaction. So since I'm in U.S., my sister went to the regional office to get the birth certificate. She knows that the bureaucracy in Croatia is horrible. But her trick is to come in about 5 to 10 minutes before closing. Because they're eager to go home, so they don't complicate things as much as they usually do. So here's their conversation. Sister, good afternoon. Lady behind the counter, good afternoon. Sister, I'm here to get the birth certificate for my brother. Lady, sure, we can do that. Was he ever married? Sister, yes, he is married. Lady, oh, sorry, we need the marriage certificate to verify that he did not change his last name. You have to go to this address to get the marriage certificate. Sister, silently thinking, would you mind if we start again? Lady, no problem. Sister, good afternoon. Lady, good afternoon. Sister, I'm here to get the birth certificate for my brother. Lady, sure, we can do that. Was he ever married? Sister, no, never. Lady, here you go. Have a nice evening. Sister, you too. <laughs> I live in the USA for too long. I would have never thought about this. Practical compliance. <laughs> That's funny. You can't do that here. Hey, can we start over again? No. Once, once that person on the other side, now it's glass, bulletproof glass in most places. Once that lady on the other side hears you say that they were married, that's it. You're done. Unless you come back another day and they either forget or somebody else is working the front window, then uh, yeah, you, there, there are no do-overs. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.